Have you received a notification on an iPhone that asks for your permission to be tracked? Well, those privacy pushes are going to become a greater focus for some tech giants, which might have some ad tech vendors a little worried. But I'll tell you why this shouldn't matter much to the marketers and sales teams out here doing things the right way. On this episode, we're going to talk about how the good marketers are going to thrive in a post-privacy world. Let's talk about Apple moving into the privacy leader of Silicon Valley. And they announced at their annual Worldwide Developers Conference just this week that they are pushing privacy hard. Started just a few years back within iMessage. You might remember that iMessage is, is one of the more secure platforms when it comes to messaging on your, on your mobile device, whether it's, you know, social media ads or social media apps or, or other messaging apps. It's really iMessage that is the most secure out of all of them. Well, Apple is essentially going to be doubling down on that security and that privacy focus for their users. And by quoting Morning Brew, Apple is adding, Mail privacy protect. This prevents email senders, think marketers like us, from knowing when a user opens an email in the mail app. It also conceals when user IP addresses, it also conceals the user IP addresses so that they can be linked to other online behaviors. So that is going away in iPhone devices primarily. There's also an app privacy report that you're going to be able to access within the iPhone. And it's going to let people see how frequently apps that have gotten permission access things like your photos, location, or your microphone over the past week. And if that data was shared elsewhere. So iPhone users will be able to log in or not necessarily log in, but use this feature within their phone, go in and check which other apps have been checking out their data on the sly. And I think that this is going to be a really sort of eye-opening experience because I think a lot of people, especially just mobile phone users, are just ignorant to the fact of how much data is being collected on you and shared amongst other platforms, amongst other businesses, um, even, you know, sort of data in general as an industry is the number one industry on the planet. It overtook oil, I would say, probably about five, 10 years ago as the number one industry as far as revenue is concerned. And so just keeping that in mind, the next thing that Apple announced is that they're going to have an iCloud private relay, which is basically a VPN, a virtual private network that Apple says will make users untraceable while they browse Safari. And so to to bring it back to the, I guess the privacy focus of this is that apps like Facebook, which is in a very public battle, if you haven't been paying attention, it's been, they're taking out newspaper ads, um, holding press conferences, releasing news on, on, you know, Facebook themselves. And Mark Zuckerberg is releasing his own sort of a messaging and, and I guess fear mongering is a good way to put it against Apple users to let them know that Apple is, is basically going to be harming small businesses by preventing users from accessing that data so they can advertise better. When in reality, Facebook, the platform, makes the overwhelming majority of their money off of advertising and they make that that advertising dollar based off of how you interact off of Facebook. And so that way they can market better to you on Facebook because of the behavior and because of how you're interacting with other websites, other apps that are on your phone. And so by limiting that app tracking that Apple is doing, they are basically just pissed off Facebook and really threatened the way that they do business and and how 
long they can actually stay in business because of it. And so I don't know that it's going to actually, these decisions are going to cause Facebook to go out of business because Android, the, the market share for even Windows phones across the globe is still very large and still very um, much going to be allowing these types of, of, of activities that Facebook likes to have. But Apple is saying no to all of that. They want to double down on privacy. And another big feature that came out of this week's conference is that they had another big announcement speaking to the power of Zoom because Apple wants a piece of that business market share. And they're going to be allowing the following FaceTime updates. So video calls are getting sharing capabilities and integrations with social media and CRISPR audio. You're also going to be allowed to schedule a FaceTime, and that will become available probably sometime in the fall. Also, Android users will now be able to join a FaceTime. And so that's going to be a little funny to see if, you know, in the text message group chats that you have going on, you can clearly tell who's the Android user and who is not. So I wonder if they're going to use a lot of those similar places. They use an iMessage that they're going to carry on over into the FaceTime, sort of shaming Android. Android users with sort of that green background versus the blue background, which is what most iPhone people like to have. Now, these Apple updates will likely be coming in the fall. Well, another te big tech giant, Google, has said for a while that they're also ditching the third-party cookie by 2022. And that third-party cookie, it works essentially like Facebook's, where it tracks your activity outside of the Google platforms. And so if you're on a different browser, if you're on a different website, Google was able to pull in all of that tracking data, especially through their ad tech vendors and, and people who, who use that technology. They were able to pull in all of that data to create anonymous, quote unquote, anonymous user profiles to better serve you ads, their Google advertising. And so this is mostly bad news, I would say, for ad tech vendors and then also for marketing and sales teams that are used to doing things in a spammy way. So they are probably going to be struggling a lot with trying to serve programmatic ad advertising to you across the web. But what what should marketers be thinking about and how should this affect your marketing plan moving forward? And the short answer to that is that if you're doing things the right way and you're not doing spammy tactics, then you should be good. Now, what are spammy tactics? Let, let's run through a few of them. I would say a spammy tactic is buying leads or sourcing emails from folks who have zero interest in buying from you or have shown no interest in hearing from you. Think of, uh, you know, things like going to buying a lead list, uh, you know, going to a website in order to scour for someone's email so you can do a cold outreach to them. That is technically a spammy outreach. And, and if you're doing that, you know, to each their own, uh, that is, is, is something that I personally don't do. And I, I don't encourage other marketers to do it. But I would say that that's one of the spammy tactics that's probably going to affect you in your marketing. Uh, not buying lead lists. Don't do that. Creating deep connections with your customers and through conversations is the route that I prefer to take. So developing those deep relationships with your buyers, with your potential buyers and leads that are that are out there on social media, that is where I put the overwhelming majority of my marketing efforts because I don't want to reach out to somebody that's never heard of me because then I'm also competing with people that are doing the same thing and I'm grouped into the same bucket as the, the people who sort of uh, prioritize the spammy tactics. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give off a bad vibe. 
to my potential customer or my potential lead. And so what I like to do is I like to build the relationships, those deep connections through my distribution channels like LinkedIn, like Twitter, um, any other kind of social media network and drive that traffic and awareness to my brand. And then that way that user, whenever they are ready to buy, then they will likely come to my website first or they'll Google my name and then they'll come to the website and convert that way because they're already familiar with my brand. And so that was... If you're still doing things in a non-spammy way, all of these privacy pushes, you don't necessarily have to worry about because if you're building on owned properties, such as your website, you're collecting emails, and also for the ambitious, if you're building a podcast, those are the only three platforms on the internet that you will ever own. And so as long as you're building on those platforms and then using distribution channels like LinkedIn, like Twitter, like uh, even TikTok to an extent, and all of these other social media platforms, then you won't be held liable or you won't be put in a vulnerable situation whenever Facebook decides to shut something off, whenever uh, Google decides to shut something off, or whenever you know a, a device company like Apple decides that they're going to double down on privacy. Then you're not reliant on these other big tech giants. You are just reliant on your own platforms, and then you can just go as as far as your distribution platforms are concerned, you can just go, you know, whichever way and make adjustments based on how those distribution platforms do their updates. So if you are marketing from a, a good ethical place, then you don't necessarily have to worry about a lot of these different privacy concerns that, that Apple is pushing. And you will lose some data, especially when it comes to, you know, advertising online and, and, uh, uh, trying to retarget those advertising. That is where you'll lose a little bit of data, but as long as you're doing things the right way, then you're still creating that awareness and you're just not gonna be able to track whether that person visited four other different websites and then they came back to convert on yours. You'll still see that conversion point. And similarly with email, Apple is also adding in that privacy blocker for tracking pixels if someone, if a user opens up an email, which makes the CTA within the email clicking on a specific link, it's going to be that much more important. So if you're writing your emails in a non-spammy way and you're reaching out to people who have shown genuine interest in your brand, then all it takes is that you're going to be optimizing your copy in order to get the user to take that next step. And that is to click a link within the email that they then arrive on your website. And so that's one less thing that you have to worry about as far as you know tracking opens and tracking IP addresses. I mean, what do we really want to do with an IP address anyways? That, that's not something that's absolutely crucial in your marketing. You want to focus on building those deeper connections with people because that's when that's where the real magic is going to happen. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. As always, you can find each show I publish along with more insight over on my website at digitaldispatch.io. If you like this podcast, and I think you'll love another show I host, Cyberly, which covers the attention economy, B2B marketing, and how it all ties into the world of logistics. That show airs every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here live on Freight Waves TV. There are also some links to my social media accounts along with my products and services that might be of interest to you found in the show notes or again over on my digitaldispatch.io website. 
If you found this episode interesting and or entertaining, be sure to share it with a friend. Word of mouth is the best kind of marketing, and since podcast discoverability has and remains an issue in this medium, I trust that folks like yourself will share it with those who would also find it useful. Until next time, my name is Blythe Brumleaven. I will see you real soon.